All right, I'll give you a dollar if you can guess who this is. You know, people ask me all the time, well, what kind of music do you listen to? I'll tell you what, this album right here, Kind of Blue, Miles Davis from 1959, it's probably the album that I listen to the most over the last seven years. Uh, this is what I listen to when I'm doing things that I need to think, when I'm doing paperwork, when I'm studying. Uh, this is, I have a, this playing in the black background, and it's this album. It's not his other albums. It's not To Do and all this other kind of stuff, which, which is Brew. I listen to Kind of Blue from 1959. It's great stuff. Not what you were expecting? Oh, shoot. Okay, I didn't do a show yesterday because I was doing some online inclusivity training. Uh, you know, trying to get myself up to speed. I don't want to be a redneck. I want to be I want to be educated. And I want to, well, bef all before all that, I'm speaking too much because I haven't introduced myself properly. And what I found out is the proper way to introduce yourself is something like this. My name is Jake Fight. I'm a white male. I have blondish gray hair, uh, receding hairline, parted on my right side to the left. I have a majestic, glorious beard. I am wearing a flannel that is green and black. And my location currently is in a little dump trailer uh, that I use as a podcast studio. Now, if you're not introducing yourself like that and giving a visual description for those that are visually impaired, you're a freaking racist man or, or anti you're anti-handicap anti-handicap i don't even know what you call the handicap anymore but you're anti those people you're anti the people that can't see if you don't give a visual description now i did have a question when i'm given a visual description of myself in person to somebody that's looking at me uh do i still need to give the visual description and um apparently i do in case that person happens to be colorblind I need to be more descriptive. They might mistake me for a tall, dash, dashing, handsome black male, and I need to verify that I am a white male. I need to verify the colors in case they're colorblind, and, uh, you know, I, I have to do that. Uh, pretty soon, our introductions are going to take so long that we're not going to have time to have a normal conversation. But if you got to introduce yourself right. Uh, and I found a group of people... That is doing a phenomenal job at introductions. And they're also teaching your children about sex. And they're also uh, producing a play in the UK where you can take your kids and, and they'll five and older and they will talk to them about porn, masturbation. They will have naked people on stage and it's going to be a family friendly sex education for your kids. So if you're ultra woke and uh, and, and and that's up your alley. You can definitely fly over to the UK and you can take a little look at this class. Now, I, I want to I want to first admonish Mike before I play this video, this first character uh, that I'm going to play, because Mike has his introductions down pat. He even has his own little code words in there. I mean, this is a phenomenal introduction, and this is what I strive to be. OK, take it away, Mike. My name's Mike. I'm artistic director at Tobacco Factory Theatres. Uh, I use he and him pronouns. Um, I'm a white man with brown... Fuck! I didn't give my pronouns. Let me try this again. Hello, my name is Jake Fight. I'm a white male. Ultra white, like Casper fucking white. Uh, I have blonde hair, massively receding hairline. Um, I have a majestic white beard. 
Uh, I look very regal uh, for you visually impaired people. Uh, I am wearing a flannel that is green, dark green, dark green, and black. And my pronouns are he, him, fuck you. Now, oh, you, uh, yeah, yeah, fuck you is one of my pronouns because you might ask, well, in what scenario would I use fuck you? And they'd be like, hey, is that Jake over there? Fuck you. See, it's one of my pronouns. I, I, I That's okay. All right. So I messed that up on my intro. <laughs> my brain is a little fried from all the inclusion training I was doing yesterday, uh, but I think I've got it now. Let's, let's go back to Mike and let him talk about how he's going to put naked people in front of your kids. Come on, Mike. Here we go. Uh, tell us how good this is. And it sounds like he's listening to Miles Davis or something similar in the background too. Brown hair with gray bits in. Um, and I'm very excited. Well, I got to rewind that just pronouns. a little bit. Um, I'm Factory Theatres. Uh, I use he and him pronouns. Um, I'm a white man with brown hair with gray bits in. Um, and I'm very excited that the family sex show is, is coming to Bristol. Uh, we have presented two productions by the wonderful This Egg in the past. Uh, they brought Me and My Bee and Dressed, and both pieces were completely original and very moving in, in different ways. They make such powerful work that really connects and inspires audiences, um, and we're delighted that the Family Sex Show will be on in May. I'm going to hand over to Josie, the artistic director of This Egg, to say a little Take bit. Take it away, Josie. Come on. Hello. My name's Josie. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a white woman with dyed red hair, which is half up, half down today. Um, I'm wearing gold hoop earrings, which are not real because I do not have my ears pierced. Um, I run this egg and I have been making and producing the family sex show along with lots of other people over the last few years. Um, if you're watching this video, then you might already have, or you might be thinking about buying some tickets to the show, or you might just be wondering why we thought making it was a good idea. Great question. Um, we wanted to make something that uh, came at the topic of relationships and sex in a, in a light way, um, in a way that would open conversations, in a way that would encourage people to ask questions um, and to allow for that space of, of vulnerability and not knowing and making mistakes. Um, we hope that the show kind of adds to the more creative or alternative relationships and sex education that is out there at the moment in all different forms. And I guess we really wanted to make the show that we wish that we'd had when we were younger and also part of our adult selves felt like or feels like they need now as well. Um, and mostly if we know our bodies, then we know our rights. Hello, my name is Ailey. I'm programming and engagement manager at Tobacco Factory Theatres. I am a white female with brown blonde hair and my pronouns are she, her. Family sex show is a fun and- Whoa, 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 Haley, Allie, Allie, whatever the fuck. I'm visually impaired. Uh, you're a white woman, brown blonde hair. Uh, you didn't tell me what you're wearing or anything else. I mean, I don't, I, I'm a little confused. I'm, 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 I'm visually impaired here. You couldn't have told me that you're wearing like a moleskin sweater uh, with a little uh, stupid collar sticking out. Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm a little offended. I'm a little offended. This is Jake. I'm the voice of the visually impaired uh, regarding proper introductions. And I think I could have used a little bit more there, Allie. Uh, you get a B minus on your introduction, but let's proceed playful show for adults and children aged five and up. It offers an honest human sex education that is feminist, 
queer, non-binary, inclusive and sex positive. This show can allow audiences of all ages to feel confident about their bodies, their boundaries and their sexual health. And we really hope to see you here. There you go. The Family Sex Show. The Family Sex Show coming to the UK. I'm sure it will be coming over here soon. Uh, word on the street is that uh, this is a theater in the UK. Uh, I forget what he said it was. The Tobacco Theater, something like that. Uh, the Family Sex Show. They want parents to come with their little kids to learn about sex, porn, masturbation. They also advertise there will be full nudity. And this is absolutely either awesome or disgusting, depending on which uh, segment of the woke dial you fall on. So that's going on. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that this weekend. Um, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of other stuff to do other than take my kids to see a bunch of uh, people naked and exploring queer binary whatever with my child. Is it just me? What? I I mean, I don't know. I always felt uncomfortable. Like, you, you know, my older kids, because I've got a 26 and 19. I always felt uncomfortable when there was nudity, like on the TV or something, you know, even like total recall when the chick pops up with three boobs and stuff. It's like, oh God, I don't have to explain this. Um, but apparently parents are way more progressive than I ever was. And that's probably the downfall of our society. Uh, other than that, right now in the news, uh, in, in New York, there was a shooting in the subway. It looks, uh, looks pretty nasty. I was watching press releases, uh, waiting for the press release to come up. Um, 13 injured five shot. Um, some guy in the subway maybe had explosives. We don't know, but he baked, he, what it looks like is from the cell phone footage, he was smoke bombing the, uh, the trains and going right at it. This is right down in Brooklyn at rush hour this morning. Uh, tragic story. I mean, uh, how would I mean, how would you, how would it feel to be a sitting duck on a subway when a shooter lets off a smoke bomb or some type of device and just starts opening fire? Uh, that whole sitting duck type scenario. I mean, I feel fall, sorry for these people. It's really bad. I'm sure that this will be used as a example of legislation to get stricter gun laws in New York or across the country. I mean, Biden yesterday was going in after so-called ghost guns. Uh, ghost gun is basically anything you build at home, uh, whether it's a computer or, you know, 3d printed, uh, frames, or I don't know how you can go after that, but basically he's going after gun dealers. Uh, but what I'm hearing is, is they want to make all parts serialized. In other words, uh, if you were a guy, if you're a gun enthusiast and you're building AR 15s for sport shooting, et cetera, uh, a lot of those parts, the barrel, the frames, they're not serialized. And so, what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to get gun stores, pawn shops, et cetera, that even if they receive uh, parts from a manufacturer, parts to a gun that are not serialized, they must serialize them there. Uh, and they haven't made, they haven't really distinguished. I haven't heard in detail which parts. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be all parts, including trigger assemblies, et cetera, but they're wanting gas tubes, et cetera. But they're wanting to make sure that all the parts that leave a gun store are serialized and traceable to the person that purchased them. Um, up until then, even in California, even in California, for you that don't know in California, you can, um, you can go into certain gun stores and you can buy the parts to build your own Glock, your own, uh, six hour gun, handgun, AR 15s, et cetera. You can just buy all the parts right there. There's no waiting period. There's no nothing. You just buy the parts, 
take it home. And if you know what you're doing, uh, you can have that thing pretty much assembled in about 30 minutes. Uh, there's, there is a little bit of machining that you have to do or hand filing, et cetera. But the reality is if you want, you can go down, you can buy all the parts for a gun and put it together in about a half an hour. Now it might take you another few hours to get the thing shooting right and getting it all, all the bugs worked out because it does take a little bit of fine tuning. But that is the reality in California, something that you've been able to do, and they're putting it into that. Now, why would people go down to the stores and buy guns that you assemble yourself? Because they cost just about as much, if not more, if you're buying it from a reputable dealer, it costs you know, a, a, a tad more than going to a gun store and buying, say, a Glock 26. A Glock 26 is a compact handgun, uh, nine millimeter, uh, you can put high capacity rounds in it, which are legal in California, but you can do a lot of things for it. Well, the reason why you'd build your own gun is because it's not traceable. Now, first thing, it's not traceable because there are no serial numbers. It's not entered into the system. They don't require your name or anything when you buy it. You can basically go in there, put cash on the table, purchase the gun and walk out. And that gun is not in the system. Now, there's a lot of people that say, okay, so that's something criminals would do. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, it's something that other people could do. I mean, we live in a society where you never know how hard the gun regulations are going to come down in California. And are they going to, are they ever going to get to the point where they start going through legal purchases of serialized guns and confiscating those and requiring them back? Well, one thing they can't require back is a so-called ghost gun that they have no idea that exists. So I'm just describing what the scenario is. Now, if you're a strict, staunch constitutionalist in the right to bear arms, um, you might have a problem with guns being registered with the government within a federal database uh, that tracks which guns you have from the get go. Um, and there's there's plenty of constitution out there, the right to bear arms, um, you know, where you might balk at the government knowing what you exactly have. And I might fall into that camp a little bit, too. But they're pushing the legislation to put it into that. Um, I don't know how that could stop. Well, barrels, I mean, yeah, it, it, it just be it's a federal crime. If you get caught with a ghost, a ghost gun and you're doing anything illegal, um, it's 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 a federal crime. And Biden's saying he's going to push that even uh, harder. Now, where I fall on this argument. Well, I believe in the right to bear arms. I believe that uh, if I want to go down and buy a gun. I should be able to buy a gun and I shouldn't have to wait for two weeks. I shouldn't have to register it with the federal government. Uh, it's none of their business. I'm a private citizen and it's my right. A lot of people have a problem with that. A lot of people have a problem with that. But you know, when I look at this whole situation of gun control and I look at this situation like today, like this mass shooting on the subway in New York, you know, everybody wants to say, well, we need to ban guns altogether. We need to ban guns. We need, if we just, if we just put the laws in place to ban guns altogether, this won't happen anymore. And I call bullshit. There's so many guns on the streets of, of America that regardless of what laws you put in place, what restrictions you put in place, what confiscation efforts you go out there, uh, what you ban as far as too many rounds, you know, 10 plus one here in California, no matter what you do, you're never going to stop bad people or people with intentions to, to inflict illegal harm, uh, you're never going to stop them. There's, there's too many guns on the street. And my solution 
is not a popular one because I believe strongly that the only thing that could stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And if you live in some fantasy world where you think there's going to be a police officer right over your shoulder at all times to protect you, you're doing just that. You're in a fantasy world. When I see stories like this New York subway shooting that's going off and innocent people being shot, held hostage in a subway, I mean, my first thought is, damn, I wish there were some good Samaritans in there that had a legal right to carry a firearm that could have put it into this before this guy unloaded on 13 people that he injured. And I, there's different reports. It's too early to tell. First, they said five shot. Now they're saying eight shot. And I'm sure we have to wait for the smoke to settle before that becomes clear. But there's so many of these scenarios where, you know, when, when, when you look at the average times of, of these conflicts, when I'm saying conflicts, when you're talking about some type of perpetrator that has a firearm um, that just goes AWOL, they're, they're usually very, very short and they're way shorter than the amount of time that it would take a police officer, random call times in the United States. So I think we, as Americans, we're, 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 we're programmed, we're programmed to think that, you know, you don't need a gun and the police will protect you. But the reality is, is the police just can't get there in time. I wish they could in a perfect scenario. They, they, they would, but it, that's not reality. And the reality is, is when you're in these situations, when you're held hostage in a train car in New York City where you can't just jump out the door, you can't get away from danger, you're a sitting duck. And I would rather have good people able to be armed to stop it when some moron, some psychotic person starts unloading on a bunch of innocent people. That's just my opinion. That's the way I feel about it. And I bet you, I bet you, even if you're anti-gun, if you're anti-self, uh, self-protection, even if you're anti all those things, I bet you, if you were in that subway, hypothetically, and a shooter starts going off and you're a sitting duck and you look over and you see a guy like me pull out a legal firearm to help protect you and the other people in that train, you'd probably be very, very happy to see it. Now it's very unfortunate. These are, these are dark times. You got dark people. You got people with just mental illnesses. There's all kinds of uh, scenarios going on that, that set up these situations. And we don't know what the situation in New York is right now at this time, but it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy and it's too bad that somebody wasn't there to stop it. it is what it is. You know, what also is what it is, is, um, the idiots are running the asylum and this story here, we covered a story not too long ago about a a transplant patient that this uh, hospital, I forget where the hospital was located, where they wouldn't give this transplant patient the transplant because he wasn't vaccinated. And, you know, they had various reasons why he was on a donor list. It was his turn. He comes in, he's not vaccinated. They're not going to do the operation. They would rather let this guy die with, you know, failed kidneys than give a kidney to somebody that's not vaccinated. And I thought that that was outrageous in itself. I thought that was a over the top, uh, judgment call on the part of this hospital. And I, frankly, I think that should be illegal, but I found one that even one upset story, a Cleveland hospital refuses to provide nine-year-old with a life-saving kidney transplant. And you know why? Because the father, the father is not vaccinated. 
The hospital stated they've that vaccination is an important component to ensure the safest approach and optimal outcomes for its donors. All right, so this is in Cleveland. And if you look down here and you in and, and you see the father, the father's last name is Donaldson. Right here. Uh, Donaldson, who works in the insurance industry and declined to get vaccinated for religious reasons, said he has refused the jab because he has seen a large number of clients becoming critically ill following the jab. And I think there's legitimacy to that. I don't know about his religious exemption, but as far as I did read some stories a while back, I don't have them in front of me about how insurance companies and um, the the statistics that they're tracking for people vaccinated and the complications, I mean, it's like there is a difference. There is a difference of people that are vaccinated and health complications. So Donaldson working in the insurance in- industry, he didn't want to get the jab because he has a firsthand experience with that. Um, Donaldson, who works in the insurance industry and declined to get vaccinated for religious reasons, said he has refused a jab because he's seen a large number of clients becoming critically ill following the jab. Donaldson says, I asked them in that car accident victim, would you vaccinate him on the way to the hospital to rip his kidney out? And they said no. Donaldson said in an interview with the Epoch Times, a live donor is the best donor for kidneys, he added. But they'll take a kidney from a deceased person not vaccinated. It makes no sense. Donaldson said that he promised to sign a waiver protecting the hospital from liability should either he or his son contract COVID. But the hospital has refused to perform the surgery. We continually strive to minimize risk to our living donors and vaccination is an important component to ensure the safest approach and optimal outcomes for donors, according to the hospital. Donaldson also told the Epoch News publication that he has now been forced to look for another hospital to perform the procedure. He may be out of luck as many hospitals across the United States and other Western countries have adopted the no jab, no transplant policy, the same as the Cleveland clinic how do you feel about that how do you feel about that that they're demanding it's just it just seems it seems almost illogical it seems almost insane that people with life-threatening illnesses such as you know kidney failure etc um that they would demand that you get vaccinated for something that is basically like a flu nowadays the current variations death rates, et cetera, um, that, that, that they would demand. It's such a line that's being drawn in the sand. You know what I mean? It's really, it's really a protest. It's a protest by the, uh, vax people versus the anti-vax. It's, it's, it's really a protest. It's, it's using their position of authority to dominate over people and get their way. It's, it's honestly, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. You know, it, it, it's it's going on in a lot of hospitals. This isn't a one-off story. This has happened in a lot of places. So I don't know what you could do about these privately run hospitals. I, I It feels like there's something that is uh, illegal about this, about illegal. Um, it, it's discrimination regarding care. I don't know what the angle is, but there has to be something there uh, where they can't just do this. But. It's going on. This is the world we live in. It's the world we live in where we go to family events, <laughs> where you go to family events and the, the extreme leftists in the family are wearing an N95 the whole time, you know, which is their choice. They have more than a, more than a right to do that. 
but these same family members, uh, when they're out on, uh, on the streets out that you'd go to their Instagram stories and they're maskless everywhere they're at clubs, bars, etc. But at the family gathering where they know there's some opposing views, they make sure that they're wearing their N95 and, uh, you know, making a statement. It's not about their safety. If it was about their safety, they'd be wearing it all the time. It's it's just making a statement, you know, it's rubbing it in. It's a line in the sand regarding N95s, regarding masking, regarding these vaccinations. It's it's a ploy. It's a ploy. You know, is what it is, is what it is. Now, what else do we have? Now, I did see this story. Uh, let me see. Well, California is fed up with both political parties as crime spirals in the Golden State. Yeah, we all know that. Um, JLo and Ben Benifer getting engaged. Okay. DeSantis claiming that it's going to be, uh, uh, if Abrams wins election in Georgia, Georgia, it's going to be a, uh, a boycott of Georgia and nobody cares about that. We did the naked thing here. Uh, yeah, here's where I wanted to go. This is the story I was looking for. Okay. So don't say gay bill in Florida. Yes, Jake. Are you talking about that freaking bill? Yeah, I am. And I'm talking about it because. It's spreading like wildfire. Common sense is being unleashed in America, and it is a glorious thing. Because not just Florida, more than a dozen states propose so-called don't say gay bills, which are really, in reality, anti-grooming parental rights bills, are coming onto the tables in other states. First Florida, then Alabama, now lawmakers in Ohio and Louisiana are considering legislation that mimics the Florida law. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott says he'll make a similar bill a top priority in the next session. Across the United States, at least a dozen states are considering new legislation that in several ways will mirror Florida's new controversial law referred to by leftist extremists as don't say gay. The specific details regarding the bills vary between states, but overall they seek to prohibit schools from using a curriculum or discussing topics of gender identity or sexual orientation. And I quote, the institutionalization of these bills is an overt form of structural transphobia and homophobia, and it goes against all public health evidence in creating a safe and supportive environment for transgender, non-binary, queer, gay, and lesbian youths and teachers to thrive. That was R.G. Restar, who is the assistant professor of epidemiology at the University of Washington. Uh, the Florida law drew controversy and copycats last month, Florida governor, Ron DeSantis signed the state's parental rights in education bill, barring public school teachers from holding classroom instruction about sexual orientation or gender identity for students in kindergarten through the third grade, or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. We will make sure that parents can send their kids to school to get an education, not indoctrination. And that's the key word right there, indoctrination. That's what this is all about. DeSantis said at the bill signing. Uh, yeah, I'm for it. Uh, I don't think something like that's going to pass in California. Although last show that we did, there was a school district that uh, was throwing out CRT, critical race theory, in the classroom. That was Yorba Linda and I forget the uh, adjoining city. So th- we are making some moves, but that was in Orange County, one of the most conservative uh, uh, pockets of california so things are changing people are going to be complaining uh you're going to see a lot of libs on the libs of tiktok uh twitter account going at out at at these other states ohio louisiana etc 
Uh, but you know what? I'm for it. I'm for it. The silent majority is rising. The silent majority is rising. Now, some Yahoo, and this is a real story. Now, just because this is a bill doesn't mean that it's going to pass, but there is a bill out there. It's a California bill to shorten the work week. Now, I might be for this, even though I don't know. I think that should be up to your employer. But as, re- as people return to the office two years of working from home due to a coronavirus pandemic, some California lawmakers are pushing to change the work week. Assembly Bill 2932 would shorten the work week from 40 to 32 hours a week for companies with more than 500 employees, and it would make employees employers pay overtime to those who work more than four days a week. The bill was introduced by Christina Garcia, uh, known as the four day work week girl. Um, I don't see her pronouns. I don't see any description. Uh, it doesn't say what she's wearing. So I don't know how serious I could take her, um, or this reporter for not breaking down exactly who Christina Garcia is, but we'll proceed. Uh, Christina Garcia, Democrat representing parts of Los Angeles County. Uh, let's see what she says. She says, in addition, the bill specifies that regardless of a reduced work week, employers must not reduce employees pay rate yeah government let's get in there and let's make it from 40 down to 32 but you can't change their pay even if you have to even if you're a retailer and you have to hire other cashiers etc to cover your business at the store um it doesn't matter you have to pay the other people that used to staff your store for five days a week now they're only going to staff it for four days a week and you're going to get stuck with the bill there's no way this bill's going to pass, right? Right? I mean, this is this is this has got to be this isn't going to happen. Never know. This is California. Uh, in addition, okay, the bill specifies that regardless of reduced work week, your employers must not reduce employees' pay rate. I think that'd be excellent," said Ubo Cotti, who works in San Jose. Yeah, as an employee, who's not going to think that's great? You mean I can go? I have a four day weekend or whatever it is every weekend. And I get paid the same. Who's not going to be pro that? I mean, if I was doing a time card somewhere, I'd be definitely be pro that. If the bill passes, 2,585 employers would be affected, according to California's Employment Development Department. Some are, some experts argue a four-day, 32-hour work week would lead to happier and more productive employees with a better work and life balance. Ronald Chavez who works in San Jose, says this change would allow me to spend more time with my family, more time to rest. Yeah, no shit. It would give you more time. However, others call the bill a job killer. Can you imagine what that would do to California uh, as far as these big companies? Because this is going to affect the big guys like Tesla and stuff like that. You know, all these big companies. I mean, they're just going to, it's one fifth one fifth of their cost in labor is going to just skyrocket through the roof because it can't make their normal employees do it. Actually, probably more than one fifth because if they do make them work a whole five days, it would be time and a half. So do the math on that. I'm not common core enough to figure that out. Um, but yeah, this is a job killer. Uh, big companies are going to pack up or big companies is going to stop them from opening up in California. You know, you wonder why there's such a boom in states like Utah with lax regulations where all the companies are going and setting up their big companies over there in Utah, Texas. You know, we just had Elon Musk a couple days ago uh, do his 
digital rodeo, whatever, opening up the biggest factory in existence in the world, the Giga Factory, right outside of right outside the skyline of Austin, Texas. You know, uh, we, California just keeps wanting to propose things. Now that that that's, that doesn't mean that this is going to pass, but they want to try to do things that are just putting a nail in the coffin of California. I don't know why they do it. Well, they do it because California still has the biggest budget surplus that it's ever had, despite these economic times, which to me makes it seem like there's something wrong. Something's broken. Anyways, besides all of that, where am I at? I think I've done 30 minutes, even though I didn't hit a lot of news stories. I'll tell you what, this is a busy week, Easter week. We've got a lot of, we, we've got to kill Jesus multiple times this week and raise him from the dead for Easter on Sunday. So I'm going to be a very busy working bee. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do too many shows this week or next week, but for today, for what's happening on right now, this has been Jake with Radio Wonderland. And that's my take on the news. And I think I definitely need to play us out with a little, uh, a, a Freddie, Freddie or, or, or Miles Davis. No, that's not the track I want. Hang on. Let's find That's Chet Baker. Kind of blue. Let me go to another track. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, yeah, this is a good track. I'll tell you what, people. Be good people. Be nice to others. If you want something to do this weekend, take your kids to go see the naked play in the UK. Practice your pronouns. Practice your introduction. This is Jake Fight, a white male, receding hairline, blonde hair, glorious regal white beard, wearing a flannel that is green, blue eyes, dashing smile. My pronouns are he, him, fuck you, and I'm signing off. Take it easy, people.